All right, you guys, I am currently struggling with a pinched nerve in my neck. And if you have ever had one, you know the pain. So I am feeling super thankful for today's sponsor, Tanasi. Tanasi's CBD, CBDA is two times better than CBD alone and better than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. It helps soothe and relieve my aches and pains like my pinched nerve, and it's great for sleep and anxiety, so I put it on right before bed. Tanasi was discovered by a team of chemists and biologists at Middle Tennessee State University, and 5% of all revenue is given back to the university partner for ongoing research. It is THC-free and comes in a range of products. I love the topicals, but you can also choose from soft gels, gummies, and tinctures. Satisfaction is guaranteed. Try Tanasi for 30 days, and if you don't love it, you get a full refund. Go to Tanasi.com and use code MOM to get 25% off at checkout. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with promo code MOM. Since learning the truth about alcohol over four years ago, I've become pretty skeptical about anything that seems too good to be true. You know, like alcohol. If you're like me and you can spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away, congrats, you're a skeptic too. Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds our standards. I take Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus every morning because it has high-quality and traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. It's gentle on an empty stomach and has a minty essence in every bottle that helps make taking my multis actually enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com forward slash sober mom. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash sober mom for 25% off. Hi, welcome to the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne of My Kind of Sweet and the Sober Mom Life on Instagram. If you are a mama who has questioned your relationship with alcohol at times, if you're wondering if maybe it's making motherhood harder, this is for you. I will be having candid, honest, funny conversations with other moms who have also thought, hmm, maybe motherhood is better without alcohol. Is it possible? We'll chat and we'll talk about all things sobriety and how we've found freedom in sobriety I don't consider myself an alcoholic. You don't have to either. And maybe life is brighter without alcohol. I hope you will join us on this journey and I'm so excited to get started. Hello, happy Monday. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy February. If you are continuing dry January into February and beyond, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you stayed. I promise this is going to be fun. Today, I have Michaela Horvathova on. She is from Health with Michaela, and she's also one half of the Two Sober Girls podcast. I love this chat with Michaela. I like that she and I both have the same outlook on sobriety. We really look at it as just for health and wellness and also that it's it's bright. It's not this deprivation mindset. Instead, it's something that 
or adding to our lives to make our lives even better. And I know that you will enjoy this conversation with Michaela. I loved it. First, though, before we get into that, I have to tell you about our new space and our new membership. We have launched something completely new. I love it. The members are loving it already. You know, if you were a member before of the cafe, no more clunky discord. Now we have our own beautiful page where everything's all in one place. So you have a feed, you have chats, you have all of the peer support group meetings listed there. And the ladies have been connecting with each other all day long, all night long. It's amazing. We're also adding more meetings. So now we are up to eight peer support meetings a week, and I'm sure we will add more. Um, We now have a meeting for one plus year sober women. So if you've got some time under your belt and now you're just figuring out, you know, how to deal with all the feelings and everything that comes up in sobriety. The cafe is $25 a month. We also have something called the Sober Mom Life Community. And so this is perfect if you're sober curious and you just want to kind of dip your toe into the community, come and join us there. It's $5.95 a month. You are going to get your own feed. It's kind of like Facebook, but better, your own chat. And then you also get access to that Tuesday 11 a.m. Zoom support meeting. Or if you have some time under your belt, you know, you've been sober for one or two years and you don't need the daily meetings or you don't need that constant kind of lifeline thing, um, then the community is for you and we would love to have you. So come and join us. All of the links are in the show notes. Also, please, please, please know that if you were a member of the cafe and you have not signed up again for the new space, you are no longer a member. So you will not have access to any of the meetings to, you have lost all access if you have not re-signed up. So the old plan, your old membership no longer exists. It will not renew. Check your email because we have emailed you a few times your personalized link with the same monthly rate you were paying along with one or two weeks free depending on when you renewed. So you won't be overpaying. But if you don't join with that personalized link, you will go up to the $25 a month. Okay? It's a lot. I know. It's a lot of housekeeping. Okay, enough with that. Let's get to Michaela. Enjoy the episode. Michaela, welcome to the Silver Mom Life Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to, to have this private time with you. And your audience. I know. Yeah, it's just it's just a cozy little conversation <laughs> that everyone gets to listen to. It's so funny because we've recorded a podcast before. We did like the dry January dream team one, which was so fun. And so like I know kind of overall your feelings about sobriety and yours is kind of like mine, like how we think about sobriety and not deprivation and all of that stuff. But I don't know your story. So yeah, what's like the overall story? The overall story. Okay. So I did move to America when I was 12 from Slovakia. Okay. And in terms of alcohol, I was an early drinker. I started drinking when I was 14. And now looking back, I'm like, I can see why I was trying to fit in. I was very self-conscious. I was very shy and alcohol really helped to just sort of like allow me to come out of my bubble. Totally. And when you moved, you didn't speak English? No. And it's a full culture shock too. 
And then from where I'm from, alcohol is a big piece. Like everyone's drinking, the parties, that was just what life is. And I thought, oh, being an adult, this is what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite friends over and we're going to drink and we're going to dance and we're going to laugh. And then we're going to, you know, like wake up late the next day. Like, that's just what I thought. Life totally. is. We're going to like help each other piece together the <laughs> night before. Right. And we're going to be like, oh no, you did this. And like, and then oh, talk okay. about it. Yes. And then laugh. Right. Yes, totally. And then, so that's what happened with my friends, you know, and the, the group of friends that I was drinking with, like to this day, we're friends and our life does not revolve around alcohol. So that was nice that, yeah, we started early on and we thought we were grown up and that was another thing. It's like, you know, when you're 14, 15, you like, you want to be an adult and you think that is the gateway yes. to adulthood is like, oh, if I can drink, if I could hold my liquor, I, I'm doing it. Yes. And especially if you can just like work and, and, and all of that. And so, yeah, like it's, it's yeah. like a countdown. It's like, when can I do this adult thing? I want to be grown up. I want the rite of passage. And obviously this is just something that goes with that. Like no brainer. Yeah. And our parents were okay with it. So that was another piece. They didn't know the extent of it. I mean, there was one time where I had alcohol poisoning and my friends didn't know what to do with me. I don't know. I was 14, 15, 16, one of those ages. And we would go to her house and I was just chugging and chugging, chugging. Towards the end of the night, I was in the shower. They were like pouring cold water on. They didn't know what to do with me. Her mom ended up coming. We didn't tell my parents what I mean. What a mess. What totally. a mess at such a young age. And so, yeah. So, And did anyone talk to you like no one talked to you, right, then about like the no. dangers of alcohol? and I don't think they knew. I don't think they knew the dangers. Totally. Like we have the data now. We have these conversations and especially like us. You like know, what year was this? this? Field. What year was this? So I was, I don't know, 16. So this was, let's say, 20 years ago. Okay. Yes. Okay. It's the same. Like it was more about drugs, not about alcohol and just no conversation around dangers of alcohol. Cause you're right. Like, I don't think our parents knew. No, they didn't know. So that was my lifestyle for a really long time. That's just all I knew. It's like when you, when that's all, you know, you don't think anything of it. You don't think there's anything wrong with you. I did, however, notice that I was one of many who tended to black out. And it was scary because then my friends would be like, oh, you did this or you said this. And it was always anxiety tied into it. That was, of course, never my intention to blackout when I would go to places, but it would just happen. And And also very unpredictable blackout too, right? Like (sighs) I was also a blackout drinker, not for sure in college, in my 20s. And it is like you don't know when it's going to happen. It doesn't happen every time. Like at least for me, it wasn't an every time thing. And I could be like, wait, I I had, you know, like, I mean, I wasn't – I wasn't a blackout drinker when I was drinking wine, but it would be like whatever, beers or whatever. And yeah, you'd be like, well, it sounds silly to say it happened out of nowhere because of course it's not out of nowhere. It's alcohol. Right. But it's just, it was just unpredictable. Yeah. And that's one of the best things that I love. My favorite things about being sober is the predictability of my day. Yes. And it's the most simplest things like knowing if I have this appointment here, I'm going to show up knowing I'm going to be there for my daughter every morning, of course. Like, it's just like all of these little things. And we were just talking about in our mastermind today. It's like these little miracle moments that I don't take for granted. I practice mindfulness. So I'm constantly like, oh my gosh, like 
this is the way it should feel. Yes. And I was like going against the grain before and not knowing anything else. And so, and I do talk a lot about this. There's this period in between of not knowing, and then you're tapping into this lifestyle and you're like, wait, but life is so boring. Like I'm just sitting on the couch reading, like I should be feeling excited. And I'm like, that's called peace. It's like a peace of mind. Like contentment. Yes. Like a lot of times we're not content. And it's like, what is this feeling when it's like no drama, no chaos, no dread? Like the lack of dread, even though dread is horrible to feel, it can spikes your nervous system. Like it could feel a little like exciting, not knowing like, ooh, what's going to happen? The anxiety of it. You get addicted to that Totally. Yes. So I had a lot of that, a lot of the ups and downs. And then with that came you know, this crazy lifestyle. I just formed this identity that I was this party girl and I was so much fun and you never knew what could happen. You know, and I'm like, you're like, you you never know if I'm going to be safe or not. Isn't this, I was the same in college and in my, I was the same. I was wild. Yes. (laughs) Which also fun, right? Fun, terrifying, fun, horrible, fun, dangerous, fun. Yes. Completely unsafe, reckless. Yes. All of that. Like I- And fun. And fun. And then fun. (laughs) Which it was like, I don't know. I've been trying to think about this because like, I love that you were a party girl too. And that we can connect over that because when I worked through my shame of drinking, my party girl phase, like my college, early 20s, even into my later 20s, I don't carry a lot of shame around that period, right? No, because I wanted to do it. I wanted to do all of those things. And most of my 20s, there's a lot of negative things. But then there's also, like Mm -hmm. you said, and I love that you're pointing this out, that there's a lot of amazing things and amazing experiences and being bold and being, Yeah. yeah, and people and just probably things I've would not do, yes. you know, or go. And <laughs> yes. and I was traveling a lot. So like I, I had a lot of friends who traveled and I have friends from different countries in the world. So we would just meet up in Thailand or we would meet up in, you know, that like just, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So travel was a big part of my twenties. When I think back in my twenties, I would not want to go back, but I love that I, you know, not even, I just, even money-wise, I'm like, I made it work. Like yes. somehow- I got invited to, you know, do a trip in Europe for like two, three months. But here's the kicker. I had a DUI, my only DUI. And I was, I lost my license for three months. Oh no. And I was like, I cannot be in America. So you're like, I'm out of here, obviously. Out. Yes. Out. Makes like, sense. Like this is an opportunity. Yes. Like not even like, like what are you doing with your life? Lining. <laughs> you're like, oh, this works out perfectly. I got a yeah. DUI. This is perfect. So I had a friend who just graduated. She became a doctor and we were like big drinking buddies. We lived in the city together um, in West Village. And she's like, let's just go to Europe. So she booked <laughs> the flight. She went. I had to go to court. And I remember coming back and I was like, I'm coming. Went to JFK. We went to Ibiza, Barcelona, Cyprus, like all over. I came back, got my driver's license. Like, I'm like. <laughs> yeah, like no lesson. No lesson. But now looking back, I see all of the lessons. Now being clear-headed, I can see how, yeah, reckless and irresponsible. You know, at at that time, I didn't have a kid. I have a daughter now. And 
truly my mindset have, has completely shifted. It was a miracle that I was a single mom to my daughter. She's almost, she's seven right now. And it was like an instant knowing. And I get a lot of these. I had the instant knowing when I decided I wanted to be sober. Yeah. It was an instant knowing that this is your priority now. You've had your fun. Mm-hmm. And that's the way we can look at it. It's like, you've had your fun. That is the difference. And and when I think about the shame, which I don't feel a lot anymore because I've talked about it, I've worked through it, all of that stuff. But any of that stuff, pre-kids is just such a different drinking yeah. thing when, when it is just you. And sure, we weren't prioritizing our safe our health, yeah. our wellness, anything, because no. we, we thought we were immortal and all of the things that 20-year-olds think, right? And then, yeah, when then a kid comes into the picture, it changes, I mean, everything. It changes everything. It changes your your routines. It changes – I mean, I went from being not a morning person to – because my daughter was such a we, – we, we didn't have success in the sleeping department. Oh, it was Brutal. such a blessing yeah. that I had to force myself in a way where I was like, if I want to wake up and feeling good, which was my priority. And I was already into wellness. So mind you, I was like a party girl, but like I was studying yoga at like 24, I became certified. So I would be like on these trips, like hungover and like be like, nope, we got to do yoga. We got to meditate. Like I was still, that was still like what I wanted to do, but it was like kind of like messy, you know, of course. Yeah. So, and it was funny actually, but <laughs> not so funny. But also but, like, and very typical too, not rare that yeah. alcohol is in the wellness industry. It's like, oh, I can get on my mat and sweat it out, yeah, you know, exactly. yeah. but, and, but like feel terrible and then kind of feel better later. So it's okay. Like right. that's what you tell yourself. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So no, with the whole sleeping thing, I was like, I need to feel good. And so, and to this day, and I tell this to my clients, like this has to be your North star, like feeling good. And it could be different for you. It could be different. It's it's different all across the board. And there's different things that we can do that will make us feel better day to day. And for me at that point of my life, it was going to bed at like 7 p.m. 8 p.m. with my daughter because I knew we would be up five, six times a night. Totally. That's brutal. But also going to bed at 8 p.m. is like my live stream right now. Like that is my goal bedtime for me. Like I'm like, you guys stay up. That's fine. Like my nine-year-old is is a night owl. And I'm like, no, 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 you – that's fine. I'm retiring to my quarters. (laughs) Oh, it's glorious to wait to go to bed early. I'm super affected by – how much sleep I get. And even if I wake up at night, as long as I go to bed early, it really saves my day. And we have a lot going on in a day. We're working with people that's like constantly being creative, constantly being on with social media and with parenting. I mean, there's no time off. No, you need to be like on. (laughs) I know I'm I read something. You guys know I don't have facts. And normally when I say I read something, it means I watched a TikTok. Um, That was like that women do need more sleep than men, which is funny because we are constantly sleep deprived because of the children. But we like my husband can totally operate on six, seven hours of sleep. And he's like, fine. If I even seven for me is not enough. I feel like men are whole different creatures. I know they are. It's so true. I need like a good eight, eight and a half to be like, okay, I'm feeling the way I think I should. Like any less yeah. than that. And I'm kind of like, oh, don't cross me. <laughs> yeah. And especially this day and age, there's 
so much load that we are carrying and it is constant. Yes. And, you know, if we want to get into wellness, I mean, I want to talk about all these things with you, but meditation is such a huge piece to that because it's, it's like you're legit carving out time for yourself, for your mind to just settle. And it's not about like stopping your thoughts or anything like that. It gets better with practice and all of that. But yeah, meditation is a big piece for me. Oh, I, I've tried. You're going to have to teach me. I mean, I've tried yeah. and I'll like do it. And I I love yoga. Like I do yoga two to three times Good. a week and I do that. Okay. One day I will get into meditation better. Like I'll do it here and there. My big thing, and I know it's probably different, is a nap. Like I think naps. Oh, I see that, that you do that. And I do that as well. So can I make you a recommendation? Okay. Is it going to be not to nap? No, no. It's- <laughs> Did you see the panic go across my face? Oh, I love naps. You know, I try to end my day like around two thirty, and this gives me like an hour before my daughter gets home. So I like I tidy up my space, you know, make a drink or whatever, and then if I'm like, t- you know, a lot of times I'm like, I just need to rest. So if I'm taking a nap, I'll put on Abraham Hicks. And it's usually 15 minutes. Okay. And it can be a specific type meditation. So you could type in on YouTube, Abraham Hicks, let's say relationships, Abraham Hicks, let's say nutrition, Abraham Hicks, whatever. And you just put it on and you're like falling asleep. And I get the most powerful sleep and almost like transmutation of the the words to your like subconscious mind. Sometimes like I'll just... Yeah, it it really really works and okay. I feel like I'm getting like this extra day. Yeah. And that's a perfect time. Okay, how long do you nap though? Sometimes I don't even like it's weird. Like I don't fall asleep, fall asleep where it's like I'm I still have the words, I'm listening to this I'm, like lucid state. Yeah, and then I naturally I get this like whew, energy and I and I get up. It's just really nice. It's a great gift to give to yourself but also to your kids. Because when they get off the bus, you're like, you're there, you're fully there. You knew you did what you could for the day, you gave it your all, you gave yourself a little moment to close that up. Because I do believe we have to sort of like transition and we need something to help us. Yes, we can't to go like from one thing to another. The end. Yeah. yeah. I need to get better at that. Like symbolizing the end of my work. Because, you know, when you work from home, when you work mainly online, when you're a small business owner, like it all blends. It all blends, especially if you're an influencer and it's like, well, my life is my work and my right. And so yeah. I try to then like I'm really good about the weekends and generally at night, but it is that like close of business day. Like how to how to symbolize that to be like, okay, this is now I'm going from the whatever, the businesswoman to the mom. Yeah. I think that's really important. And if you don't know what it is, I really encourage you to like take an hour and sit down with it. And like, how would you want to close? Because you get to create it the way you want. But if you don't have one, it doesn't feel as fulfilling as if you did have one. And it could be anything. It could be making yourself a cup of tea. It can, and that could be the symbol that can be like telling your subconscious mind, like we're closing the day, perhaps even thinking of things that you're grateful for in that moment about your day. And then also things that you're excited for to see your kids. And that could take a minute. It does not even have to be like a 15 minute thing. So if you're not into meditations, you can have simple mindful moments in your day. And I do this and it really, 
enriches your experience and adds so much and also helps, you know, if, if you struggle with anxiety or ADD or cravings, when we are present in our thoughts, in our heart and try to do our best, you know, and best for all as well. It's like you do things very differently versus mindlessly like, oh, I just, I got to go from this appointment to this appointment. Like everything can have a meaning. Washing dishes can have a meaning. Oh, like just the I gratitude love, to yes. get to yeah. wash dishes, that we have a home, that we have food on our plate and that we, you know, our kids don't go starving. Like the simple things that are actually not so simple. Right. <laughs> and especially in sobriety, I always talk about, you know, cleaning my kitchen is such a sacred ritual for me. And our friend Jill at first thought I was crazy. And she was like, what are you talking about? And now she gets it. I was like, Jill, I told you so. And now she loves it. It's just such a way for me to like close down the day, really it's just a, a sign that I'm here and I'm present and I'm able to do this for myself and my home yes. and my family and like closing up the day. And then because I'm a morning too, like I'm thinking about future me, like tomorrow morning, Suze is going to come down the stairs and be like, oh, thank you last night, Suze. You were amazing that you did this yeah. for me. Yeah. It's like two different versions of you, right? So like one is yeah. sort of like setting everything up. So I call that version like an assistant. Like I don't have a personal assistant yet, but I'm like, my assistant's going to set up my clothes. She's going to write my schedule down. So when my future self me wakes up, like everything's ready. Totally. So you can, like, have fun yes. with it. You know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. Okay. So what we are in party girl phase, right? We are like in Ibiza. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Ibiza. <gasps> yeah. And oh Barcelona. My, Barcelona. Oh my God. <laughs> and uh, we're just like living the life. Then we come home. How old are you at that point? I was about 27, 28. Okay. But you know, there's a lot of trauma that I went through as a child. Yeah. You know, even moving to a different country is traumatic when you think about it. Yeah. And then because of like all the stuff that I was going through in my late teens and I was just wild and add on top of that eating disorders for about four or five years that nobody knew about, mm. I ended up having a breakdown at like 21. Okay. And I remember my mom was like, you're going to Europe, you're going to stay with your grandma. And I went to Europe for two months and I, I literally unplugged and, you know, back then we didn't have social media, but like, I truly unplugged, like my phone got taken away. Like I just had this, like my car got yeah. taken away. I had this like really the hardest time of my life, Ugh. but it was such a blessing. I started writing. I started writing. I would like go to this like nature spot and I would just like write. And it was like so many angry words. Because I never expressed myself in the way that I needed to. Well, and you probably didn't know how. And and it's, no. it's so much easier to start on paper, right? Yeah. Like to say the words out loud is really scary. And like to hear you say them is scary. But then if you just could get them on paper, that's why journaling, even though it's intimidating, is so therapeutic. Really be honest on the, on the paper. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and it takes a while to even find that groove of like the, how do you translate what you're feeling into words? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your brain can get in the way. Yeah. So, so that was another, another pivotal moment. And when I came back, I slowly started to build my life. And the way I built my life was, yeah, this party travel party girl, you know, I was in the city. Yeah. I was like at the hottest nightclubs. And I thought that was 
like success in a way. Like I was bartending. I was, I got my yoga teacher training. I was studying with different, like amazing teachers. I thought I, I'm like, okay, I could juggle both, you know? Totally. And I had these like two different lives for such a long time, for almost a decade where I would have this party lifestyle. And then, you know, during the day, if I was up, I would be at Barnes and Nobles reading all the self-help books, all the spiritual books, all the things, because I was seeking something. And I would even try to have these conversations with people being drunk and like, you know, you could, you could just make out how that was, you know, it's like, yeah, you're like, I'm really into, into mindfulness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the, like the bathroom attendant. You're like, let me tell you about my yoga teacher yeah. training. Right. Totally. Yeah, And you think everybody cares like when you're on that state that like, they really want to talk about it. Totally. You know? And you're like, they're like, what's your name again? <laughs> you're like, yeah. not, you're my best friend. That was the big piece is I would meet so many people and then I would just kind of feel alone because once that mm-hmm. buzz wears off in your home and, you know, I would still thankfully had some close friends, but like, you're just like, but I want to stay connected with all of these people. And it's like, why isn't that happening? You're seeking connection. And it's just like, I always thought that alcohol was like the fast track to connection. Like, let's just get yes. drunk and then pour our hearts out. But like it's it wasn't until then, now that I'm sober and I feel like true connections like this, right? Like we're gonna remember, right? We're, we're gonna, gonna remember. Like we're building the, this blocks to a new friendship, and like this is the true connection that we probably both always wanted. Yes, alcohol is just such a barrier to that. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, so so this is like kind of like my nutshell in my twenties, where I was like, I cannot live these double lives and. A couple years ago, before my daughter was born, I enrolled into IIN, Institute for Integrative Nutrition. I said, I want to take this further. I want to help people because I, you know, I got to say, I was noticing a lot of shifts in my wellness and in my things. And I was like, there's something here. I'm so interested. Did you at all, were you like, oh, I, I need to stop drinking? Or was it just kind of like, no, obviously this is going to just keep going? Yeah, there was about three times in my 20s where I stopped drinking for a year. Oh, wow. And so I say I was sober curious for like 15 years. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, but I never, I always say this, like I didn't have a bookend. So I would just say I'm not drinking and it would just go on for two years where, and I'm talking like I would be at a club in the city, not drinking, everyone's drinking and I would have the best time. I didn't need it to have fun. But then there was times, and I don't know if it's related to stress. I don't know if it's related to the people I was hanging out with. I don't know. But there was times where I was just like, oh, okay, you know what? I'll have it because there was no, I, I didn't say like, oh, I'm never going to drink again, right. which that's the boat that I'm on now. Yeah. Well, that, that really helps me, my brain to know like I am alcohol free. Right. And there was probably all of the things that our brain does when we say like, oh, no, does that mean it's forever? Am I an alcoholic? Do I have to go to AA? All of those things, right? Which now you have figured out like, no, you could just throw all that out. Right. I just equated it to a lot of fun in my brain. Like, like, I'm just going to go all in, you know? Yeah. No, it makes sense. So, yeah. So, I think because of wellness and I mean, the intro was yoga. I would say my yoga was my intro to all things wellness. It was yoga, then it was meditation. And it was like this curiosity of like, who am I? Self-discovery, 
but then like deep transformation. I think I'm really good at transforming myself. Like I've transformed myself so many different ways. Like I moved here and I was like, oh, the girls are putting on lipstick and then they're doing this. Right. Okay, I I'm bet that, do that that's where that comes from. Like you're like, I have to fit in here, right? Yeah. Like I, I have to learn this language. I have to learn this culture very quickly, especially when you're 12. Well, but it was both. So, and But then I got really good at learning how to stand out as well. Every year I feel like was like a different style. I had a different style. I was dressing like the 60s. Then I was dressing like the 40s. Like with like, I had platinum blonde hair. I looked like Marilyn Monroe and I would dress in these like- Oh my God. Pictures or it didn't happen. I want to see it. Vintage. No, I have, I'll send you pictures. I shopped at vintage places and I would spend so much money on these beautiful vintage dresses. And I was like- Looking back, I'm like, who is this? <laughs> That's so fun, though. That's I was the same. Like, I had purple hair. I was like, a, I'm like, today I'm a skater. Like, I was like, I'm a skater girl today. My mom's like, you can't skateboard. And I was like, well, I'm going to try. <laughs> Like, yes, it's just like, that's so fun. I love trying out identities. And yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah, platinum blonde hair for like six or seven years. Wow. Um, And that's a lot of upkeep. That was a lot of upkeep. That was like towards like my, you know, from like, I would say 26 to, yeah, 30. I had platinum blonde hair. And then there was another traumatic event that happened um, at 27. My brother passed away, who was my best friend. Oh, I'm so sorry. It was, you know, substance abuse issue. And it was like the worst thing I've ever gone through. But if I didn't have my spiritual practice, it would have been a lot worse. Like if I look back and I didn't have this desire, and I'm saying to the listeners here, it's like if there's this desire to be better, to do better, to, I don't know, take a course, to read a book and to constantly feed yourself that, like that was my lifeline. And that's what literally got me out of those waters. And I was able to see that I can create a fun life without all the chaos and build and build and build connections and, and just have peace and all of that. And I saw that alcohol was the issue, Mm. you know? Yeah. But it took a while. Like when my daughter was born, I didn't drink for two years because I was in it, the sleep thing, the, you know, I was like in the early stages of my health coaching career. So I, and I was bartending sometimes too. So I was like, kind of like all over the place. And as a single mom, like it's all on you, right? Yeah. And so I had no time to party. I had no time to go out. And, it was like survival. You know, yeah. Yeah. It was very, yeah, very much so. And then about three years in, I was like, oh, I'm ready to date <laughs> and did not date this entire time. And this comes in, this guy, and we, we, it was amazing, but we got into the patterns of drinking, you know, and it was, it was fun. And it, it only lasted six months because I was like, I cannot do this. I cannot wake up feeling the way I'm feeling and my daughter wants me and she mm-hmm. wants to play and she has so much energy. And so I broke that off, went to Maine for three months. I always like escape. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I always need a change of scenery. So I went to Maine. I was working with my friend who was also a health coach. We were working on programs and we were working with a coach. Like, so I needed to have my mind be busy and focused on wellness. That is my thing. For some people, it could be fitness. For some people, it can be a different type of school or learning a different craft, but we need something to fill our time and to make us excited. I was excited about my future as a health coach or whatever that 
turned out to be. Yeah. You know, and I really wanted to make my daughter proud of me. I wanted her to look at me and be like, wow, like my mom can do this. I can do this. You know, I didn't want it to be like, oh, she does this. And then she, like, I don't know. I just, I wanted it to be so aligned with who I wanted to be. And we have to get clear on who we want to be. Yeah. You know, there's the future self vision of me that I have that I'm looking forward to. But the version that I am now was a vision that I had a few years ago. Yeah. So it's like always stepping into this. And, you know, in a year or two, I'll have a different vision. You know, I'll be in my 40s eventually. So, like, what is that going to look like? You know, it's going to be amazing. I'm telling you. It's going to be amazing. It's 40s are so good. I'm telling (sighs) you, they're the best. I already know. Like, I cannot wait. Yeah. I cannot so wait. They're so good. Um, <laughs> just like my 30s, it was all about transforming. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Anyway, that relationship ended. And then I was like, oh, that's it. I'm not drinking anymore. But, like, again, it wasn't a solid hard stop. It was just like, I cannot have this in my life. But I didn't, I didn't yeah. have a solution. I didn't mm-hmm. know that there was communities besides AA. I had no idea. Uh, there was no Instagram uh communities like this or, or anything like that. And so then alcohol again, slowly creeped in into my life. And I remember this was like almost two and a half years ago, cause I'm sober two years in February. Ooh. So it's kind of recent, but it feels like forever that I've been in this just because I have the podcast and I'm literally talking about this all the time. I know. No, it (laughs) does feel like you're like, oh my God, what else can I say about it? Haven't I said everything, right? Like, yeah. 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 There's so much to say about it. There's so much. Yeah. But I love it. It holds me accountable. I always need something where even in the wellness thing, I was like, I I know I want to be healthy. I know I want to be the best version I can be. Well, let me find a career that... I can learn the most about it and I can still create my life, which freedom is like one of my biggest values. So I wanted the freedom. I wanted, you know, no glass ceiling of how much I can, like, I don't, I just wanted to be free. I wanted to create what I wanted to create. And so that was a really big intentional moment. And I wanted it to be like where I feel good and look good. And I was like, health coach, wellness. Totally. That holds me accountable. I want to take care of myself because I, this accountability, right? Yep. It's like on social media and like, I say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. Yes. And it's like, that's the power of like saying it too, you know, like saying it out loud, even before, like, and we always talk about sharing your sobriety and not keeping it this like secret to be ashamed of. Right. And there's just such power in being like, yeah, no, I'm not drinking like ever. Rather yeah. than like, oh, I'm just on antibiotics or like, oh, I'm just like, like no, no, no. I, if you feel like you don't want to drink forever, I'm not drinking forever. And like that, that decision, it's out there. It feels so freeing. Yeah, but it's telling your subconscious. It's not about who you're telling. It's telling your subconscious mind that we're not doing this dance anymore. And right. when you say that out loud you're telling yourself and it's like at that instant, it's going to shift your frequency, your vibration. And so, yeah, there's going to be work involved and there's going to be things that we have to do differently, but it's going to be that much easier because you just know and you have to figure it out. Totally. And I think that that's the trap people can fall into is thinking like, well, I have to figure all this stuff out before I say that. And I always say you just jump like 
make sure that you have a community around who will catch you. And like, that's the community I created that you have too. You know, like we've created these communities that are safe spots for women to jump like and say, no, 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 you don't have to have it all figured out yet. Like you decide and and then you just figure it out piece by piece. It's kind of your life's work is to figure out all of it out. And you're always going to be figuring things out. Yes. Yeah. That's like saying, I cannot have a kid because I don't know how to be a mom yet. You're not going to know how to be a mom until you're a mom. You can read all the books. Yes. Because I'm not ready. It's like, well, I promise you, you're not ready. Because your world is going to be rocked whether or not you feel ready, right? Like that's a huge change, but you can do it and you can figure it out. Yeah. And your world will be rocked either way. So whether you decide to be sober or not. Yeah. You know, life is hard both ways, but it's so much more beautiful and rich when you're not hungover. Yeah. It's just the good hard. It's just the, oh my God. The worst. The worst. Like anytime I'm sick, I'm like, no, this is exactly like I'm triggered. I'm like this. I have been so good to you, body and mind and and mental health. Like, why are you doing this to me? Mm -hmm. I get like triggered, which I haven't been sick in a long time. You guys, I'm knocking on all the wood. Yeah, no, I don't really get, I don't get sick either, but I remember like the last, I guess, I don't know if it was like the last time I was hungover, I was driving home and I was so hungover. Like I had to pull over to the side of the road, dry heaving. Like it was terrible. Yes. Like, and, and you know, those, those last all day. And I remember being in bed, sleeping and like my daughter being in the other room. I was like, this can never happen again. Mm-hmm. And so then the next time I was at a restaurant and this was the last time I ever drank the champagne came, beautiful restaurant. And it came to me like, and I remember thinking, and I didn't say this out loud, but the thought came was like, this is your last drink. You can drink it if you want, but this is it. So it was like that deep knowing. And I remember I took a few sips because I didn't want to be questioned. Right. But I knew it was like this deep knowing. I was like, okay, I'll still enjoy it. It It's like a couple sips. I was able to have a couple sips the last few years with a few binges in between, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I was able to like be like, oh, I got this. Right. And I was able to just have one at a di- dinner. And I was like, but I was like, it was still not giving me what I wanted. Like it was just, I was like, this is not fun. <laughs> you know, this yes. is not, not what I like imagined it to be. I decided that day and I never drank again. And I remember I didn't really speak about it for a couple months because mind you, I've already done this before where I was like, oh, I'm not drinking. So people didn't question it. Yeah. But then what after a few times, they're like, are you sure? I'm like, no, no, no. This time I'm like, it's for real. Yeah. You know, I even started a podcast, <laughs> Two Sober yeah. Girls podcast. You're like, no, it's very real. <laughs> no, it's very real. And I feel like I had to have that accountability for myself yeah. where I ended up meeting Aaron and we worked on some other things. We worked on some like wellness things and we started having a lot of conversations about sobriety. And I was like, this needs to be a podcast. Yeah. Like there's so much good because she's an AA and I was just able to quit. And right. she's like, that's so fascinating. And I was like, no, but your story is fascinating. You know? Right. It's so funny when like, like the AA crowd is like, wait, what, what? So you're not really sober then, right? Like, well, obviously you're gonna, right? So there's that. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I saw what you posted. Somebody 
<laughs> oh my God. Was like, cause you're an AA, you're not really sober. Like, are you kidding me guys? Like we got to do better. We got to do better than this. Seriously. I, and that's why I'm excited to have Aaron on too, because I want to hear from people in AA who are not like that because from where I sit, the majority, like if I ever get pushback, it's from AA people. If I ever get someone saying that you'll drink again, it's from AA people. Somebody says that. Oh, oh my constantly. God. Oh, constantly. Like, I, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But they, cause they just, I don't think people understand cause they're not in my messages. They're like, but why do you go off? Just leave it. I'm like, so when you have an audience and like a platform, like I feel responsibility and they're like, you are a big influencer. You have responsibility to not put AA down. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I have a responsibility to protect my followers and the women who come to me who are seeking an option other than AA. And so I, my responsibility is to them. Like my responsibility isn't to anyone just like scrolling who happens to see my post. My responsibility is to, if someone comes after us and says like, if you're not in AA, you will relapse again. Oh, I will share that and share how misguided and what a bunch of bullshit that is because my responsibility is, is to my women who have come to me to for something else, for something different yeah. other than AA. So, but yeah, if anyone ever comes for me, it's always AA. And here's the thing, like, I think we just did a podcast episode on this. There are so many different ways to get sober. Yes. And I feel like it's such an ancient way to think that like you have to go to AA while I do see so many benefits. Obviously, my co-host, it saved her life yep. and it saves a lot of people's lives. I also yes. know that it doesn't work for many and I don't need it, but it doesn't mean I don't do the work. My work is, you know, spiritual. It's the physical. It's, in fact, it's, you know, Aaron and I talk about this. It's, we focus a lot on the wellness as well, which AA does not really cover where it's like you're getting sugar and coffee and you know, it's like, just like, don't drink one day at a time. And it's a more of a spiritual practice. Well, and my whole thing is there are a lot of ways to get sober and to thrive in sobriety. People don't know that. Like the majority of people don't know that. But 100% of people know about AA. Like yes. it doesn't need more airtime. It doesn't need more advocates saying, come to AA because we think that's the only option. I thought that was the you thought that was the only option. Every woman who comes on here who doesn't go to AA now thought that was the only option at one point and thought that they didn't qualify then for sobriety. And so AA doesn't need more airtime and the problem with the people who are like the loudest in AA is they t- they take up all of the air in the room. And they're saying no, it's either our way or you will drink again. And it's like yeah, that, see, that, that like, piece I don't like. It's like the lack of freedom to me. You don't have the lock on this, like right. on sobriety. Like you don't get to gatekeep. You don't get to own sobriety. You don't get to tell everyone how to be sober or if their sobriety is not going to stick. Like you don't get to do that. And they need a rebrand. It's never going to happen. And so then that's why then you and I create our own things. But right. we need to be able to have airtime without that conversation. I know what you stand for. I know your message. Everyone knows what you stand for. Yeah. We already know. Now, 
here's what we do over here. And like, we are going to be heard too. And that's why I always say as, when they get louder or all of the noise, then I, that just makes me louder. Makes me, Like, no, 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 you're not going to drown me out. Well, but I like that you do that. It also teaches people to stand up for themselves and, and not to be like, oh, okay, like put my head down and like, oh, you're right. And perhaps like judging your path, like there are some people, if they're not strong enough like you to know like have this conviction, like this is the, the the way for you and many other women, it would kind of like be like, wait, I'm not, you know, right. and it's just such and that's a disservice exactly to, why, yes, yeah. that's exactly why I do it. Cause I'm like, I'm just not easily intimidated kind of ever. I'm not scared of like confrontation. I'm not, I know that I have that strong personality and I have the platform and I know so many women are looking to me be like, dude, can you like stand up for this so that it's more normalized? Yeah. You know, but let's talk about that. I feel like women are so afraid. I mean, cause I deal with mostly women, so I don't know how about men, but I feel like women are so afraid to say what they actually want. And that's to be sober and to feel good. Right. Like, why is that? <laughs> oh my God. I know. Okay. So, right. It, it's so true. I mean, you can go into the patriarchy and stuff in in that like our voices aren't and haven't been as respected and welcomed into conversations as they should. I think especially moms, like we have just been taught to be quiet and like that, like it starts in like early pregnancy in the first trimester. It's like, don't tell anybody if you're struggling, don't tell you're on your own. If you lose it, you're on your own. If you have a miscarriage, you can deal with it by yourself. This is secret and your struggles, what you need, all of these things, you can deal with it. Right. And then a baby comes and it's like, no, no, no. Now it's the baby. What does the baby need? It's so ingrained in us not to say what we need. And alcohol makes it so that we don't even know how we feel, much mm-hmm. less know what we need. Because before we know what we need, we have to know how we feel. And how we want to feel. Right. right. So there's like a you know, misalignment to how you want to feel. Like we have to figure out what is that root cause. Right. And we talk about like barriers. Alcohol is just, it's not an obstacle to that. It's not something like, well, I could just like overcome it and then figure it out. No, no, no. Obstacle is like a barrier. It's a big concrete wall in between you and figuring out how you feel and what you need. When alcohol is involved, you're just not going to be able to do that. And so then that's why moms turn to it. When we think no one wants to hear how we feel and what we need, then alcohol comes in handy. Because Mm. like then it's way too big of a mountain to climb, right? It feels like It distracts you. It It distracts you from the real thing. And it makes you just not care about anything. But it, and moms don't want to care so much. Like yeah. we care so damn much. We bear all the brunt. And so it is just this like perfect storm of, of why moms and women drink. And, and it makes so much sense. Yeah. I also feel women are afraid that they won't be accepted. I think then there's yeah. also this fear of judgment. And I think at least this is the pattern that I see And this is how I was able to just say, I don't drink because I don't care what you think about it because it's my body. And I also don't care if you don't accept me because if you don't accept me for it, then we're not friends. Yes. We're not doing this. Exactly. I think that a lot of women who have turned to alcohol like in adolescence, in teenage years, in college, 
are the people pleasers want maybe type A wanting to like wanting to impress, wanting to please, wanting to succeed and perform and doing all of these things. And when we have that people pleaser kind of mentality, that's a really hard, it's definitely not impossible. And we talk about it all the time. Like how can we, you know, overcome our people pleasing? We have to please ourselves. Yes. I think that's the way you turn it around. It's like, are you judging yourself? That illusion of like that person's judging me or this, everything in your life is a mirror of your internal state. Yes. Like what is the cost, right? So we talk about that. What is the cost and what has been the cost? What have you lost to pleasing everyone around you? What is the cost? And if you continue this, it's like you're losing everything, really. You're losing yourself. The cost is us, right? The cost is what we want. The cost is like being able to come home to ourselves and figure all of that stuff out. And I think that that's why I love my 40s is because it is, at least for me, it's been the decade of like really, really, I stopped drinking when I was 39, but you know, that slow, just like coming home to myself in really not caring and not just like, I don't care, but do you really? No, I really don't care because I will let you misunderstand me. And that is uncomfortable. Did you have a smooth transition like with your partner, friends, all of that? Did you, how was your experience initially? I mean, mine is so different because I stopped in January, 2020. And so, you know, like we were shut down in Chicago for however many months and like no social anything. And so it was, it's Mm. hard for me to like figure out what was the COVID response, what was my sobriety, what was, I also had a three month, I had a three month old, a two and a half year old and a five year old. And so that's a time when you're not going to socialize anyway. Right. And so it's such a weird kind of like confluence of events that when I stopped that it's hard for me to decipher what was sobriety and what was, you know. No, but that is unique. Like it's for you because of those circumstances, you decided not to drink for somebody else. That's when they decide to drink. So, right. I know. And mine would just happen to be that I stopped right before everything shit hit the fan. Do you think it's because we partied so hard? I know. I know. <laughs> you know, it's like, like, I don't I, care. There, I'm like, nothing can beat what I, like my 20s. Nothing can beat it. Right. Maybe. And then there's also like, I don't know, you know, like when you go in the backstage of the inner workings of things and you've seen it, right? And you're like, oh, no, no, no. I I know what's back there. Like, I'm not impressed with what's out here because I know what goes on back there. And so like, I've been there, done that. Like, I've, I've seen it. Like, you're looking forward now. Looking forward. You know, I just did a meditation before we hopped on. There's a message that came through that I wanted to share with you and all. It's live like you love yourself. And do everything like you love yourself. So like move like you love yourself. Eat like you love yourself. Speak like you love yourself. If you grab onto this practice and it's, you know, you might hear it here and just like sit with it. Like, oh, that version of me that loves herself. What does she think? What does she do? How does she wake up in the morning? And it's like literally brain dump. It's a beautiful exercise, just brain dump. Like, what will she do? That is your guide. That is your blueprint to that next version of you. Yes. Because 
if there's like misalignment or just something feels off, it's, it's probably because you know, you can do better, mm-hmm. but it's like, we don't really set the time out of our day to really think about like, yeah, you might say like, oh, I should be working out. No, don't work out. Or I should be drinking more water. But like really when you create this vision, you know, it's so powerful and just read it every day. Like, so that is God or like your higher self speaking through you like that. This is going to unlock your next level. So I think it's a beautiful practice to, to really just do. Yeah. I love that too, because it's so, you can see it like it's tangible, right? It's not this like amorphous thing that we don't know what it is. Like you can actually, you can sit down and you can do that. And and then that it's a practice. This lens in your life of, am I living like I love myself always like just put on those glasses, like those invisible glasses. You could just imagine like, okay, having that and just, you know, it's not about being perfect, but it's about constantly shifting. That's the whole thing. It's like, it's not perfect. Right. And, and like, that's what we love. We can love ourselves through that. And it's like, no, 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 we will make mistakes and we will screw up. We'll come up short. We'll say the wrong thing. We'll do whatever. And it's like, yeah, what if you loved yourself? If you were living like you loved yourself, what would she say right now to you? Or would you be drinking or would you be not drinking? You know, it's like all of these questions you can look through that lens. I think it's really powerful. Oh, okay. Michaela, tell everybody where to find you and the podcast and everything. Awesome. So I hang out on Instagram, so you can find me at health with Michaela and then also at two sober girls podcast. And you can listen to my podcast at two sober girls podcast. And then I also <laughs> have another podcast. It's health with Michaela, oh. which has, I don't know, like a hundred and 15 episodes of like really good stuff, which I put on hold because of the sober podcast, but I am going back into. So I don't know when everybody's listening to this and it's more wellness and transformation and mindset and all of these other topics. Like I love to talk about besides sobriety. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, good. We'll link all of that to make it very easy for them to come and follow you and listen to you. And thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Sober Mom Life. If you loved it, please rate and review it wherever you listen. Five stars is amazing. Also, follow me on Instagram at The Sober Mom Life. Okay, I'll see you next week. I'm going to go reheat my coffee. Bye. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there.